Uh, if you ask me, the whole world is about attack service management. I think that the world needs more of it. I can't underscore that enough. That like ASM on its own is not a panacea. It's not going to solve all your security problems. 96% of organizations don't know uh, the entirety of those assets. They don't have them inventoried. You don't want to have a security incident. Um, and so uh, in order to prevent that, you have to know stuff about, you know, what attackers might be going after. For someone that wants to be one step better at ASM, what's one thing that really anyone can do to be just a little bit better? Who says tech can't be human? What is going on, Hacker Valley fam? Welcome back to the show. This is an amazing time because we can do live streams. This episode is completely live. Yes, it's live. It's going down. I'm here in Austin, Texas today. I've uh, been traveling a lot. Glad to be back home. And I wanted to share two major points that happened in my career. Two major points that made me really stop doing what I was doing and focus on something else in cybersecurity. The first inflection point was when I learned about SOAR, Security Orchestration Automation and Response. This was big in my life because I've always been an enthusiast of Python, but then when I learned that there was a category in cybersecurity focused on things like automation where I could like go deep into Python, I became obsessed. And the second inflection point was when I learned about attack surface management. Through my journey through SOAR, I realized that a lot of the playbooks that I built, a lot of the workflows that I created, they weren't as effective as I hoped because we didn't have the visibility that we needed. It's very hard to do automation on an asset when you don't even know that it's there or you have no access to it. So today, attack surface management is still something that has my heart. I think about it all the time. I'm actually working on a book outline for attack surface management, which is why I'm so excited to speak about it on this live stream because we're entering a new era of cybersecurity and attack service management is right in the center. To kick off this discussion and kind of like talk more about attack service management, I've brought in my favorite attack service management vendor, NetSpy. They've been gracious enough to uh, invite a guest on the stream, but also to host this live stream and podcast episode. So be sure to give NetSpy some love and engage with them throughout the stream. Uh, but most importantly, my guest for this live stream is Isaac Clayton. Isaac is Senior Research Engineer at NetSpy and someone that is setting the path and trailblazing in the ASM uh, vertical. Isaac, welcome to the live stream. Hey, Ron. Thanks for having me. Thanks for jumping on. Thanks for spending some time with us. Let's start by speaking a little bit about you. Um, share a little bit about what does it mean to be a security research engineer at NetSpy, and also give us a little bit of a high-level overview as to what NetSpy does uh, for its uh, customers and for the cybersecurity uh, industry. So start with with NetSpy. Um, a lot of folks will know us as kind of a security consulting vendor or a security services provider. Uh, we've got a couple decades worth of experience, you know, delivering kind of penetration testing, offensive security services to customers. Uh, but we've kind of been transitioning into a 
uh, a services enabled technology company. So that means things like building out things like ASM uh, and some of the other technologies that we are, that we are currently developing. Um, as for me, so I am a security research engineer uh, on the attack service management team. I develop automation to go out and look at our customers' attack services, identify, you know, first of all, what assets do they have? Um, and then within those assets, try to identify what uh, exposures they might have, vulnerabilities, um, things of that nature, all the stuff you'd expect that you'd, you'd want to know about your assets. So that's kind of my, my role in a nutshell. When I was coming up in cybersecurity, I would hear a lot about attack surface as a whole, which, you know, in simple terms is all of the possible attack points for your technology. Uh, but now there, there's a whole category for attack surface management. And I think it's still something that people are getting used to and adopting. For anyone that doesn't know or isn't familiar with the definition of attack surface management, how would you describe that, Isaac? Yeah, so I'll, I'll use analogies. I like analogies. Um, I think a, a real good one, a simple one you can use is, you know, think of like a, a house or wherever you live, right? So you've got, um, you know, you've got the structure inside that structure is all the things you care about, you know, your family, your personal effects, like all those things. Um, you know, if you're like me, you also work from home, so it's your office. Uh, and then on the outside of that, you know, you've got walls, you've got windows, you've got doors, doors with locks, doors without locks. Um, so an attack service essentially is, uh, on our house analogy, is, is everything from the outside that you can see uh, of that structure. Um, so uh, each of those things, the doors, the windows, those all potentially give access to the inside stuff that really care about. And so attack surface management is trying to understand like what, what does that attack surface really look like? What are all the assets that, that comprise that attack surface? And then, you know, more than that, what are all the exposures, all the things that potentially introduce risk that would allow, uh, you know, an attacker to gain access to those kind of sensitive things within the network? Is ASM understood? I think that that's kind of what I've been trying to pull the thread on. Do people understand what attack surface management truly is and is this something that is being adopted and implemented by security organizations? I have my biased perspective, but I would love to hear, you know, what are your thoughts? Is the industry adopting <laughs> ASM at the rate that like we need? Yeah, I, so I'll say from the outset, I also have a bias, you know, awesome. working in attack service management every day. Uh, if you ask me, the whole world is about attack service management, but that, right. that, that probably isn't quite true. Um, yeah, look, I think that, that attack service management in terms of adoption, uh, we can look at things like, you know, market research and um, you know, look at the hundreds of millions of dollars that's available out there for attack service management as a market. Um, I think from my perspective as a technical security person, I just look at the capability, capability that it affords. Um, you know, so if you're a large organization particularly, but even, you know, medium and small size organizations, um, you know, you, you don't want to have a security incident. Um, and so uh, in order to prevent that, you have to know stuff about, you know, what attackers might be going after. Um, and in order to know that, you have, have to have an asset inventory, then you have to have kind of an understanding of the exposures that those assets have. So as a capability, attack service management is, is vital, I think, in, in kind of the, the digital infrastructure um, deployments of today. Yeah, agreed. I think that the world needs more of it. Um, I, you know, I got a picture of Kobe right behind me, and I love basketball. Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, um, and now LeBron James are all my favorite players. And, you know, one thing that they say over and over again is focusing on the fundamentals. You know, if you want to be able to shoot free throws with your eyes closed, you have to have a great sense of spatial awareness, uh, familiarity with how your hand holds the ball. And I think it's the same with cybersecurity. If you want to stop breaches, you have to have an extreme focus on the fundamentals and the foundations. And I look at attack service management as one of them. Uh, when you look at any cybersecurity framework, whether it's NIST or maybe CMMC, one of those first pillars is 
capturing an inventory, whether it's internal or external. And I really like that analogy that you had for all of the doors and, you know, windows on the outside of the house. And the way I look at like exploitation is punching a hole through the wall. Like the wall is technically part <laughs> yeah. of your attack surface, but you're punching a hole through it. Uh, when yeah. you think about the modern exploit, though, it comes down to vulnerabilities and misconfigurations. I would imagine that, you know, when you look at the economics for the attacker, it's very favorable to go after something that is known vulnerable, that is well more so known exploitable or known that you can uh, skirt around this specific setup because of a misconfiguration or not following best practices. But I would imagine it's the same economics for defenders where trying to uh, follow what is the APT doing versus following what is publicly accessible or internally configured in your environment. Would you say that there's also a shift in focusing on uh, remediation now that we know that attackers are taking shortcuts as well? Yeah, you know, I think uh, if I if I can give our, give us a little bit of criticism, um, us as like a you know the defender side, uh, we've kind of failed to adapt to this change in economics on the on the on the attacker side. Uh, you know, oftentimes we're still kind of working uh, in silos. We're doing the same sorts of things we've always done. The tools are a little different. Um, you know, some of the approaches we take and some of the buzzwords we use are a little bit different. Uh, but but in general, we're still siloed within our our organizations, um, within our security teams. Sometimes multiple security teams within a single organization. Um, and we're not really collaborating in the way that I think we could as an industry uh, to to identify attacks that are ongoing, to identify threats that are emerging, um, and to mitigate those. Um, that said, yes, I think that that doing the remediation work is sort of the I'll, I'll say the grunt work. I don't mean that in a disparaging way at all. It's the the grunt work that people have to go out and do every single day to make sure that the the really low hanging fruit gets you know gets covered because we don't want to give attackers any kind of an easy win. Um, so so that's super important for sure. Uh, I saw this report from, I think it was Randori. They were saying that 96% of organizations don't have complete visibility into the assets that they manage, not including their cloud, not including uh, their SaaS inventory, but their laptops, cloud servers, and and containers. 96% of organizations don't know uh, the entirety of those assets. They don't have them inventory. So if you were to ask them, hey, how many assets do you have? They wouldn't know. And yeah. when you think about someone being a CFO, for example, if you ask a CFO, how much money do you have in the bank? And they said, uh, maybe somewhere between 10 and 20 million. That's a big, <laughs> big difference. I think it's the same for uh, cybersecurity. So when you adopt a new practice like attack service management, I would imagine that there's steps that you have to follow. And these steps might feel like a little bit of friction or pain from your perspective. What are those first initial steps that really any organization would need to take to be one step better at uh, attack service management? Yeah, uh, I mean, this is going to sound a little cheesy, but I think the first step is to admit it's a hard problem, and it is a problem. <laughs> you know, like uh, you, you nailed it when you said that it's you know organizations don't know what they have. I think uh, people who worked in security long before I did maybe are familiar with an attack service management strategy known as like an Excel spreadsheet, um, and that's uh, you know that's woefully deficient, right? Like attack service management and just asset inventorying, that piece alone is an extremely hard thing to do. I mean, you alluded to it there with like shadow IT, bring your own device style stuff. Um, these are extremely hard problems to solve. So, uh, you know, we we have we spend a lot of our time trying to figure out how to go out and discover assets that are either not directly affiliated through any kind of the normal channels with uh, with an organization, as well as um, 
uh, those that, that, that those that are. So uh, I think the first step is to, to do those things, and the second is to uh, to realize that a tax service management is a it's um it's not just a drop in you know drop in kind of a tool. It's not a, a vulnerability scanner. It does do vulnerability scanning. It's not just an asset discovery tool. It does do that. Um, but really, it's it's a it's a platform, at least how NetSpy approaches it, that enables organizations to go out and and integrate that into their processes, their internal security and business operations processes, uh, to you know really make it part of their security programs, not just as a you know a single one off tool that's going to solve all their problems. Uh, so yeah, those two things I would say is um, you know after you've adopted it, recognize that you really need to, to to capture the full value of it to bake it into your your processes. Yeah, and I think that there's also a aspect of normalizing or synthesizing all the information that you pulled back. Because like you were saying, like you sure. have vulnerability information, you have an asset inventory, but it's really the combination of those two. Like, what do you do with those two pieces of information that really make it powerful? And one of the terms that I've, I hear a lot in the attack service management world is asset intelligence or even vulnerability intelligence. And another term that I heard pretty recently, re, pretty recently was vulnerability hunting, and I was like, oh, okay, wow, like uh, attack service management is stepping their game up with all of these cool terms. And you know, when I look at asset intelligence, it's taking the uh, context and information and making sense out of it, so you could take some sort of action. Um, I would imagine yeah. that after you have an inventory with some context about each asset, you might be able to infer that there's vulnerabilities. And then start to take those steps to uh, prioritize and remediate those vulnerabilities uh, from, you know, your vantage point, building a product, serving customers uh, using this product. What has been the most surprising findings for how organizations are, are walking the path to ultimately reduce or shrink their attack surface? Uh, yeah, that's that's a good question. So so there are all these new terms and, and I'm not really up to speed on all the terms, but but yeah, again. Um, attack service management at its core is an asset inventory, but there's so much more value there to be to be captured if, if you if you uh, kind of select the right vendor, the right platform. You can't just select a, an a, a attack service management tool that's going to give you all the information about your assets and all the information about every potential exposure. Um, you really want to have some kind of intelligent like a uh, prioritization of that, which is mm -hmm. something that we work on actively to to build for our customers. We have customers who like they figured out ways to tie it into their uh, tie it into their kind of processes in ways that I wouldn't have even considered. So at its core, like we provide kind of, you know, an API to integrate with, provide like the actual user, user interface. Um, but the kinds of questions that we get routinely from, from certain customers, I won't name names, but uh, from certain customers indicate to me that like they've got layers and layers and layers of processes built on just this tool, which is exactly how we think it should be used. Um, so, so that's kind of surprising to me coming from, I actually don't come from like a, a core kind of security IT background. Uh, so kind of getting a little bit of a, a exposure to that through ASM has been super, super fascinating for me. I need to jump in here for a second because our sponsor and friends at NestBuy wanted us to ask you, our listeners, a question. Are you constantly wondering what else is on your attack surface? NetSpy has created an attack surface management platform to help you make sense of it all. NetSpy has a team of skilled pen testers that can help you find those critical vulnerabilities and become your partner in creating the right remediation game plan for you. To learn more about NetSpy, visit netspy.com forward slash HVM and tell them Hacker Valley sent you. Thank you, NetSpy, for sponsoring this episode. Now let's get back to the conversation. I think that, you know, when you look at uh, medicine, even for kids versus adults, the, the, the dosage is going to be different. It might be even a completely sure. different approach to how you treat 
uh, something. I think it's that way with a tax service management. Uh, when you have uh, when you're working in the enterprise, you're just going to have so many more assets. So I think in some ways you might have a little bit less of a hurdle because less to to maintain and manage. But your team might be just more stretched thin of following those best practices. Like you mentioned, it's a it's a continuous process. And yeah. when you think about something that's continuous, there's a state of reaction that we're going through. Like when we're trying to if you if you jump on a moving treadmill, you're, you're almost like reacting each step. Each step is trying to counterbalance until you get caught up to speed. Um, what has been, you know, some of those new pieces that, you know, teams have to balance and counterbalance when it comes to implementing their, uh, ASM strategy. Yeah. Again, so, so I see ASM kind of from our side and, and when customers come to me, uh, it's usually because they have a problem that needs to be solved, but I'm the guy to solve it. So I, I don't know that I can speak at any great detail to like the things they're doing, but I, but I think on our side, if I can speak maybe to that a little bit. Um, one of the strategies kind of we're employing, which is sort of a change, I think, the attackers are sort of forming an ecosystem, right? And they're collaborating to to attack with like a greater degree of average sophistication than, than they're used to be able to capable of. One of the things that I think we need to do more of as kind of security people is to do that same kind of collaboration. So uh, our approach at NetSpy to, to attack service management and specifically to vul vulnerability discovery identification is to kind of look at you know, like all of our customer data as like you know, in in totality, not just in isolation. Um, so, for example, customer A over here may not have access, you know, has no information about customer B uh, and the vulnerabilities they have. But that information might actually help them to identify vulnerabilities in their own infrastructure. Um, so, a story that, that illustrates this: um, recently, a CVE with a, a Cisco. I don't know if you're familiar with that one. It was affecting uh, their iOS XE devices or iOS XE software, which runs on like a bunch of devices that have been, you know, over many, many years, right? Um, we saw the advisory come out for this, saying that it was under active exploitation out there in the wild. Uh, and, you know, I'm sitting here going, man, this is going to be an extremely manual process. I have no idea how to find these devices, like, off the top of my head. So I started looking at the data, right? Um, I managed to find one customer who has, uh, has a device that is indeed vulnerable to this. And from that, I was able to glean some, uh, some indicators that, that showed me, like, search terms that I could use to search other customer data and kind of went back and forth through this process. And before it was done, I had a pretty lengthy list of potentially vulnerable vulnerable assets. I was able to then filter that down based on the research that came out uh, to, to identify these devices and find that actually a number of them had been compromised. Even a number of those devices that were uh, uh, belonging to customers who weren't actually active subscribers to our ASM platform, but rather had just been uh, from, from our pen testers. So all that to say, I think that, that the strategy that, that's changing for us on the, the ASM vendor side is, you know, looking at it as kind of a data problem, less than a scanning problem, uh, which I think scanning has kind of historically been the approach that a lot of people have taken. Yeah, there is a lot that's uh, changing, you know, that I'm seeing from my, my side as well. Like, you know, when I first fell in love with ASM, it was due to the uh, CASM category, which is cyber asset and attack service management. This is really focused on the internal parts of ASM. And then there's things like EASM, which is external attack service management. And now there's digital risk and protection services, which is like brand monitoring, which I think is still part of your ASM uh, kind of strategy and practice. Like there's the CASM piece, there's the EASM piece. You have to really you know, know what you're going to focus on first. I think if you're focusing on CASM, yeah. then... You absolutely should be thinking about zero trust as part of your 
your practice. Uh, but that might not be like the the guiding star, the north star to you know build out that full program. Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, to add on to that, I mean, you know, we have. Um, I think that the idea of, of the idea of zero trust tells us that you know we need it. We need external tax service management, but it's not enough, right? So, so we have to have both pieces. Um, and yep. uh, yeah, uh, but it, but if you have a, an attack service management you know tool like ours. That is, that is, you know, has a whole sec- has a whole um, mechanism for determining kind of the products that are in use in your tax surface, all of your assets, um, helping you to understand when there's vulnerabilities affecting those. Um, you know, that that I think does that does absolutely help to uh, uh, you know deal with patching remediation. It also, by virtue of you know our kind of baked in prioritization of vulnerabilities and exposures that that our customers should care about, it helps kind of um, deal with some of the. Um, the resource constraints that I know a lot of security teams face, right? Like in a perfect world, we have unlimited budgets and unlimited headcount and we can patch everything, remediate everything. Um, and there's no security incidents in the real world. We're dealing with budgets that are constrained. So, um, so I think that prioritize prioritization piece is super important for upper teams to help them know when they need to be patching and, and remediating vulnerabilities. Remediation is a can of worms because on one hand, you know, we, we do things and we think that we did them all the way. And then you learn yeah. that maybe you missed a step. Um, yeah. This happens, I think, to everyone. It's just a part of human nature. Same reason why software has bugs in it. Um, but yeah, yeah. a big piece of ASM is validation. Like you have the remediation mm-hmm. point and then validation. With ASM, you know, and really anything that yields fruit in life, there's this element of paying the piper. You know, this could be looked at like if you're going to school, this is the the time that you have to spend studying yeah. to get your degree. That's like paying the piper. And I would imagine that there's paying the piper when it comes to ASM as well. Like, you know, with ASM, just the practice, not even with the solution, but just with the practice and the uh, refinement of the foundations that you're focused on, you get so much benefit. But I would imagine that for some organizations, you might have to give a lot of commitment to get to a state that you're proud of. Uh, yeah. What has been the learning curves that you've seen for organizations that want to like go all in and really feel like they have ASM down? Yeah, I mean, I can't say exactly what goes on behind the you know behind the the veil of our uh, our customers like security teams, uh, but it's super obvious to me which ones have really like embraced ASM and have plugged it into their into their internal processes. Um, and, uh, and which, and those who haven't now, those who haven't are still getting a lot of value from it. Um, but I think that learning curve that you're talking about is, is mostly to do with how do you, um, you know, of course, after you learn the platform and kind of the ins and outs of, you know, the tool itself, um, it, it's really about how do you plug it in, in a meaningful way? How do you work with the vendor who's providing it? And, you know, in NetSpy's case, that's super easy to do. And how we pride ourselves on our, our, you know, our consulting background. So, um, so you shouldn't have anything to worry about there, but. Um, but yeah, I think the learning curve really comes in how do you tie this external third-party vendor into your internal processes in a meaningful way that's going to really improve your security overall. So what I've known about NetSpy, you know, just coming up is that NetSpy is an organization that's evolving. And I think that's beautiful. I think that we do this as practitioners. You know, I, I started my career focused on computer networking, then pivoted into offensive ops then now became obsessed with ASM. And when I first learned about NetSpy, NetSpy was very focused on red teaming, you know, red teaming, pen testing, providing that as a service. And now there's ASM. 
you know, if you were to look at, um, you know, the security landscape, you know, you get to see it from a very unique perspective working on NetSpy. What do you think is the most valuable place to start? Is it uh, more valuable to start with a red team engagement or a pen test engagement where you get to get some of the context of generally what an attacker may be interested in? Or do you think it's just better to start just focusing on getting that inventory and trying to see what uh, exposures are out there? Um, yeah, I mean, both ideally, but but uh, if I have to choose one, I'll also throw out the caveat that like, so a lot of a lot of organizations don't have a choice about, you know, which of these select, they might select ASM in addition to, uh, you know, some, some other service. But I think for a lot of organizations, you know, things like cybersecurity insurance uh, policies require, you know, a, an explicit point in time penetration test that occurs, you know, every year. Um, so ignoring that though, for a second, for me, I would want to select um, ASM, uh, you know, for the kind of foundation because that really affords you a visibility into like exactly what your organization uh, looks like from a digital infrastructure perspective. Um, you know, you can get a, a penetration test against some IPs that you give in scope to a, a penetration testing you know, firm. But if you don't actually know what you have or what the assets of interest might be, um, that's only going to tell you, you know, you only get what, you, what you're looking for, right? So, um, so if I were structuring a program, you know, and I were not at NestBuy, I would want to start with a, a really good ASM vendor. Um, on top of that, I would want to make sure that they have like that kind of you know, cons consultative uh, background and would be willing to work with me to kind of understand, you know, where more is needed. And then I would want to be looking at things like, hey, we identified some kind of weaknesses over here um, in our attack surface, or we identified some weaknesses over here in our internal processes and inside of our network, uh, as with our breach and attack simulation. Um, and maybe we need to poke with that more. You know, maybe we need to have a red team engagement focused on this one particular aspect of our infrastructure. I think the, the overarching theme here is that the security is not, um, it's not a, uh, it's not about like these, these individual things. It's kind of about the whole picture. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think increasingly like, you know, you really need to have a, um, a vendor who's going to be plugged into all of those things, uh, in order to kind of provide that the holistic security view that, that organizations need. Right. Agreed. Agreed. When I was working at a fintech uh, startup that ultimately went IPO, this was one of our biggest challenges. Every time we would have an audit, everybody would end up scrambling. We would go to that spreadsheet and then we would start to find inconsistencies and we would start to panic a little bit. Like if the auditor finds this, then that's not a good look for our organization and also not a good representation of IT or security. Yeah. So we would try to like put together so many different solutions. And it wasn't until recently where like this new era of uh, ASM solutions like NetSpy came out that kind of helped solve, you know, some of those big pieces. At first we had to go to a vulnerability scanner tool that would have all of our vulnerability information. Oh, wait, you want container information? Um, you know, do you have an inventory of your containers? That was a whole different can of worms, very frustrating. Um, one thing that I, I love that you just described about NetSpy is like being almost like a all in one or more for less type of uh, situation. There's a few organizations I, I've been following that have a similar approach. And I really like that uh, NetSpy has that. Um, but I have a very important question that I think anyone could benefit from for you, Isaac. And that is a piece of advice. Everybody has to start somewhere whether they're going uh, homegrown, a spreadsheet, or using something like NetSpy, for someone that wants to be one step better at ASM, 
what's one thing that really anyone can do to be just a little bit better? You know, as you're looking at ASM and building that into kind of your processes and your programs, uh, make sure you're doing you're doing your due diligence on vendors, right? Like you, you know, not all ASM is, is created equal. And um, I'm not saying we have it all right all the time, for sure. Um, but I think that, you know, when you're looking at how, adopting an ASM program or an ASM technology, you really want to make sure that you're adopting one from someone who, who is willing to help you bake it into your processes. Um, I, I can't underscore that enough that like ASM on its own is not a panacea. It's not going to solve all your security problems, but was, you know, I, it'd be uh, wild, more wildly successful than we are. Um, but it's, uh, it, so it's not going to solve all your problems, but the people who are, who are there to help you integrate it, they, they're going to go a long ways to help you improve uh, and fully capture all the value out of an ASM product. Well said. It's just like, you know, looking at something like uh, Zero Trust. I'm glad that ASM never fell into that bucket where people were getting confused. Is it a product or a practice? I think it's the same, you know, uh, but ASM yeah. was, I think, is very well defined. It's easy to comprehend and understand. Take an inventory, like you're saying, and uh, focus on the things that you can uh, just get a little bit better at securing. And, you know, that that list is always going to grow. When I worked at um, a company, I won't I won't name a name because I'm not sure if they would be mad about me mentioning this. They found out that they had their one of their assets was being sold on the dark web. It was, hey, we have access to this company. You could buy it. And, you know, when you like the physical asset or the uh, or the or access access to it. I got it. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. And when you see something like that, it's a little scary because one, that means that does someone have my credentials or some type of access that I don't know about? And then two, is that going to end up on a uh, IOC list? Like is 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 my corporation and organization, my assets, is it going to be seen as a threat actor? Are threat actors going to be using this to target other devices? So I think like looking at EASM and just attack service management as a whole, you can start to piece those things together. And what I could share about the story as well is when we saw that there was one of our assets that was being sold for access, we had no idea where it was. We didn't know if it was real. We never actually found out, is this a real device or not? Because the network was too massive and uh, we just didn't have the visibility. Kind of scary, but that was one of the things that will always stand out in my mind. And I think that helped push me into like really being uh, so interested and focused on attack surface management was not having that visibility back then. It was kind of frustrating. Um, I did want to give some opportunity to you, Isaac, for just so, to share some words about um, NetSpy as a whole, and also how should uh, organizations, uh, people on this stream, be thinking about uh, reaching out to NetSpy. So I'll let you uh, take it away. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess just parting shots, you know, um... Uh, give it a shot. Like, I mean, this is this is kind of, I am obviously biased. I stated that from the outset. Uh, I think our attack service management platform uh, is 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 awesome. Um, and we, we work really hard to build it in, you know, build it out and continually improve it every single day. Um, so, you know, I'd say that the, the kind of, my, my parting shot would be like, hey, reach out to us if you're interested in attack service management. Reach out to me personally if you're interested in just talking about attack service management. You know, it's, um, I, I'm doing it every single day. I'd love to have a conversation. Uh, you can also find us at asm.nespy.com. Um, you can go go there and and you know we can we can arrange a demo, anything like that. Um, I, I think once you see the kind of value that we're delivering and the, the capabilities we have, uh, you know you really understand kind of the, the value of attack service management. If you don't, 
uh, already get it. Love that. Powerful. And I would I would agree. Give them a shot. Check out NetSpy. Everyone that I've spoken to at NetSpy uh, has my heart. Lots of love for, for your entire team and what y'all are building. Um, and it's also one of the best ways to support the podcast and these live streams is by checking out and reaching out to our lovely sponsors like NetSpy. Isaac, wanted to say a big thank you. Thank you so much for spending some time out of your busy day, jumping on the mic, speaking to our live audience. Um, for anyone that wants to stay up to date with Isaac, be sure to check out the description of this event. His social is in there. He's listed as one of the speakers for the event. And with that, we will see everyone next time.